beautiful, sunny Father's Day Sunday morning. Uh, also celebrated uh, in the Christian church here as Trinity Sunday. In your bulletin this morning, you'll take note that there's a, um, there's a song after the sermon called the Responsive Hymn. We're not going to sing that because it's a tune that's not familiar to our guest musician today. So um, <clears throat> we're going to skip the Responsive Hymn. Um, Marilyn is uh, away at a family event this weekend, and we are delighted to have James uh, and Ruth accompanying us in the service today. Um, it will not uh, be a typical Sunday morning, but I thought uh, the fathers would enjoy something a little different as a, as a uh, way to celebrate. Okay? I don't think there are any other surprises in the sermon or in the service. Um, I don't know about the sermon. Um, <clears throat> but we do have a litany for Father's Day um, in our service today. And, of course, we want to invite everyone to the coffee hour afterwards to celebrate with us. Okay, so let's open with a word of prayer. Almighty God, you pour out the spirit of grace and supplication on all who desire it. Deliver us from cold hearts and wandering thoughts that with steady minds and burning zeal we may worship you in spirit and in truth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in the one body. The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's stand and share a sign of peace with each other. The Lord, creator of heaven and earth, grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ. O oh God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The heart of creation throbs with your glory. Glory revealed in the vast reaches of the universe, in the twinkling stars reflected in the wandering eyes and simple songs of little children. Compared with your awesome power, O oh God, our lives would seem insignificant if we did not know how deeply you care for us and for all of creation. You chose to honor humanity by giving us the responsibility of caring for all of your wonderful creation. O oh God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Come, let us worship the Lord. Caro Grace, Caro Grace, Caro Glory, on thy people put I, from thy ancient church history, bring it all to glorify. Grant us wisdom, grant us wisdom, for the facing of Lounder, scorn thy crest, and sail the way from the field. The long hair bound the free heart, pay to pray. Grant us wisdom, grant us courage for the living of this day. 
the living of this day cure cure thy children's warning night and plan apply thy control shame our want o n selfish grain rich in things and poor in soul grain us wisdom grain us courage blessed be misted I the goal blessed be king set our feet on lofty place that I may be armor with an artist set our captive free grant us wisdom grant us courage that we fail and let to thee that we fail Living in communities, both great and small, we realize that our relationships and our understanding of one another are many times fragile and incomplete. In our brokenness, we need to be renewed in our commitment to the divine community on which all human community is based, the Trinity. Join me in the prayer, spiritual renewal. God, creator of all the wonders which make up this world, when we treat our part of the world as a commodity to be used rather than a gift to be cherished, renew us. When we fail to care for and protect this lovely land with its mountains and ancient rock formations, its oceans, rivers, and lakes, its unique flora and fauna, renew us. God, bearer of our humanity in Jesus Christ, when we fail to live out the commandment to love one another, as Jesus loves us, renew us. When we judge a person by the color of their skin, by their possessions or their achievements, rather than accepting them as persons loved and accepted by you, renew us. God, giver of the Holy Spirit, to lead and guide us into all truth, when we betray the truth of the gospel through our lack of integrity or our abuse of ethical and moral principles, forgive us. When we fear the charges we may have to make if we allow, the changes that we may have to make, if we allow your power to flow into the places of our greatest weakness, renew us. God, creator, redeemer, life-giving spirit, fill us anew with your creative power that we may be reborn in your image, glorifying you in and through who we are and what we say and do, and pray in Jesus' name. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Hear the good news. 
Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ, and Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven, renewed, and be at peace. Thanks Thanks be to God. Let us hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so let us live. We're going to repeat this song three times. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way. From the oars to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so grateful in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way. From the oars to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so grateful in my life. I'm so grateful you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the to the cross. My debt to pay from the cross to the grave. From the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. You came from heaven, you came from heaven to all, to show the way from the hall to the cross. My debt to pay from the cross to the grave. From the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. If you'll turn with me in the red hymnal to page 14 and join with me in standing to say the words of the Apostles' Creed, the ecumenical version. Let's confess our faith. 
using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. In all of God's fatherliness, God provides for us on a daily basis all of our needs in Christ. Our giving of tithes and gifts and offerings in our worship is a token of our giving of our lives in dedication to God's kingdom and our discipleship to Jesus Christ as Lord. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I see. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, I give up to be a fool. You are my all in all.
God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, creatures here below. Praise God above you, heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for all that is good, blessed in our lives, and we ask, O Lord, that you would accept our gifts and our lives in dedication to you and to your purposes in this world. We ask these things through Christ's name. Amen. As we come to the reading of God's word, let us pray. Lift up your hearts. Let us lift them to the Lord our God. God, whose fingers sculpt sun and moon and curled the baby's ear, spirit brooding over chaos before the naming of each day, Savior, sending us to earth's ends with water and words, startle us with your grace, love, and communion of your unity in diversity, we may live to the praise of your majestic name. Amen. Our first lesson is taken from Psalm 8, a song of praise to the sovereign creator God. Hear now the word of God. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouths of babes and infants, You have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You had given them dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field and the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson comes to us according to the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, the Apostolic Great Commission. Hear now the word of God. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On this Father's Day morning, we are celebrating at the same time the 
doctrine of the Trinity. And the text that we have today from the New Testament is probably one that you memorized when you were in Sunday school as a child. I have to reteach it to you, though, because typically the way we read it is incorrect. I hate to tell you that your Sunday school teacher was incorrect, but I, I, I have to tell you that I was taught this as well, so it's something that we have to deal with in the church. There are no commands in this passage in Matthew. There are no imperative forms in this passage. Every one of the verbs in these verses 16 through 20 in Matthew 28 is a gerund, an ing word. So when you read the words of the passage, instead of saying, go ye into all the world, Jesus is actually saying, therefore, going, making disciples of all nations. There is a given assumption that Jesus makes with these disciples. There is nothing new in what he's asking them. He is simply giving to them a call on their lives that they have had for the past three years. He's saying to them, you've been going with me for the past three years. I've been teaching you. I've been uh, uh, demonstrating God's presence and power with you. Keep on going, therefore. Keep on going, making disciples. Okay. Baptizing them and teaching them. All of them ING words. An assumption that Jesus makes that these men and women who are his disciples will simply keep on doing what they have been doing for the past three years. In understanding the principle of evangelism, the, the word that makes all of us in mainline churches very nervous, is that somehow or other the sharing of the gospel is something extra that we have to do. It's an extra task. It's knocking on the doors and handing out a tract, or it's standing in the mall and shaking hands and asking people if they know Jesus. So evangelism involves, for most of us in our minds, an extra something that we've got to do. When the assumption that Jesus makes and calls his disciples to is an assumption that you will keep on going. That you will keep on living. That you will keep on sharing your life with the people around you. And in so doing, you will be making disciples. On Father's Day, I think it's an extremely significant point to make that parents disciple their children. Now believe me, my wife and I have had our moments when we say, why did we make kids? Honest to God, why did we do it? There are other moments when the joy of having kids and grandkids is like nothing else in the world. And you go from those two extremes. Parenting is a form of discipling. The way we teach our children, the way we train our children, the way we discipline our children, that comes from the same word, disciple. How are we bringing them up to be men and women 
of faith. Disciples of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, keep on going. Keep on doing that. That is something that that is part of our culture, part of who we are. Just keep on going. Keep on investing in those lives. Keep on investing in your children and your grandchildren and your circle of influence. And in so doing, let's make them into disciples. Let's baptize them into the Trinity, into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The saint in the history of the church that is most recognized for his teaching of Trinity is not Athanasius, who wrote the creed about Trinity, but rather St. Patrick, the missionary to Ireland. I don't know if how many of you know the story, but St. Patrick was a poor boy, and he was kidnapped from his father's farm in Britain and taken to Ireland as a slave, as a young boy, probably before the age of 12. He escaped slavery and came back to Britain. And when he did, he began to understand in new ways the value of his life before God. And before his 21st birthday, he had a call to return to Ireland to take the gospel. Now, when Patrick went back to Ireland, he did no such thing as we are accustomed. There were no mass campaigns. There were no media blitzes. There were no typical evangelistic activities. What he did was he went back to Ireland And he lived a life of faith. And he built around him in his home a community of people. He allowed friends to come and join him in living in his home. He built networks of people that became communities of faith. In those communities, Patrick began to disciple teach them new ways of thinking about what it meant to be human and what it meant to serve God and what it meant to know the living God of the universe. Never had a radio program, never issued a tract in all of his life that was evangelistic, never even preached on the corners in the marketplaces. It was done very quietly, very normally, very routinely, but in the course of his lifetime, an entire nation turned from Druid religion to Christianity. By the time he died, the country was a recognized Christian domain, and it had developed legends about what had happened during his ministry. Those legends live on today. That understanding of evangelism is precisely what the Great Commission is all about. Our sharing the faith can be as simple as one woman's story where she has lapel pins in the shape of a cross and she wears them every day and when she goes to a supermarket or, or to a meeting and someone admires the pin, she simply takes it off and gives it to them and says, you know, If you like it, it's yours. One of these times, 
she gives it to a woman who she has no idea who she is or what will happen, and this woman shares in her testimony in a collection of essays dedicated to Billy Graham that the lapel cross that she gave away to a woman becomes the reason a woman returns to faith. And she meets the woman inadvertently in a public worship service, and she comes up to her and says, you know, the day you gave me that cross, I was at the bottom of the barrel. I had no idea what I was going to do next. And the fact that you gave me that beautiful pin off of your jacket said something about God wasn't done with me yet. And I turned around that day in ways that I can't even begin to explain to you. And I am now in a place of spiritual vitality, serving in a church, doing what I think God wants me to do. Tim Keller, the renowned Presbyterian evangelist whose church in New York City is one of the fastest growing in the country, shares in one of his books about evangelism as well that we need not be ashamed of our story or sharing our story because everyone has their way of seeing. Everyone. And in sharing our stories, enabling other people to understand their story is as legitimate an evangelistic tool as any other, if not more so. You see, in sharing our weaknesses and our strengths and our relationship with God in Christ with other people, it enables them to understand that it's not a matter of being perfect. It's not a matter of having all the answers. It's not a matter of somehow being superman or superwoman. But it is a matter of trusting It's a matter of depending. It's a matter of committing. All of these are legitimate ways to share our faith. And so the text before us today, this great commission that we are given, that makes our call, that is our vocation as Christians, is to continue going out into the world sharing our story so that other people can understand their story from God's perspective, making them disciples, if you will, helping them to see themselves and their relationship to God differently, in a godly way, baptizing them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and knowing this, teaching them all things, and knowing this, Jesus says, I am with you. I am with you till the end of the age. We never live our lives, share our stories, give away the gospel that Jesus Christ is not right there helping us. There is never a time when you are alone in being the witness or being the storyteller or being the evangelist, however you want to understand it. You are always accompanied by Jesus Christ. And the reason for that, the basis of that, is the promise that we live out as Pentecost Christians, 
The Holy Spirit lives in us. Christ is always present to us. And the Father is always in control of us so that nothing stops us from sharing the good news that Jesus Christ died for us, loves us, and gives us all that we need to make it home. As children of the Father, to the final banquet, to the final party, God of delight, your wisdom sings your word at the crossroads where humanity and divinity meet. Invite us into your joyful being, where you know and are known in each beginning, in all sustenance, in every redemption, that we may manifest your unity in the diverse ministries you entrust to us, truly reflecting your triune majesty in the faith that acts in the hope that does not disappoint, and in the love that endures. Amen. Please join with me in your bulletin for the Litany for Father's Day as we move into the prayer of God's people. For fathers everywhere who have given us life and love, that we may show them respect and love, holy God, hear this prayer. For our fathers. For fathers who have lost a child through death, that their faith may give them hope, and their family and friends support and console them. Holy God, hear this prayer for our fathers that mourn. For men, though without children of their own, act like a father and have nurtured and cared for us. Holy God, hear this prayer for our father figures. For stepfathers who have assumed that role with love and joy, who have loved the children of another as their own and created a new family, holy God, hear this prayer for stepfathers. For adoptive fathers who have claimed the orphan and loved the once unwanted as a precious gift from God, holy God, hear this prayer for adoptive fathers. For fathers who have been unable to be a source of strength, who have not responded to the needs of their children and have not sustained their families, holy God, have mercy on absentee fathers. For fathers who struggle with temptation, violence, or addiction, for those who do harm and for those whom they have harmed, holy God, have mercy on fathers that struggle. For new fathers, full of hope, for long-time fathers full of wisdom, for the fathers yet to be and the fathers soon to be. Holy God, hear our prayer for the fathers of your church. For those that have shaped our lives without claim of family or kinship, for those who have taught us, guided us, shaped us, and molded us into servants of Christ our Lord. Holy God, hear our prayer for the fathers of our faith. God, our Father, in your wisdom and love, you made all things. Bless these men that they may be strengthened as Christian fathers. Let the example of their faith and love shine forth. Grant that we, their sons and daughters, may honor them always with a spirit of profound respect. Grant this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray boldly, saying, 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I'd like to uh, experiment with something this morning. I'd like to give you an opportunity to share something that you may have learned about your relationship to God or God's relationship to you in the past week or the past few weeks. Something that you think you can honestly share with us that will help us as a community of believers uh, to understand in a new way that God is a God of love, a God of grace, a God of guidance and care. I would like to simply give you opportunity to share a story or an event or some concern that you have that you're learning through or have learned in the process. Those moments are what we call the, the moments that God speaks to us. And they are sometimes completely spontaneous. Come out of nowhere. And just happen to, have, happen to occur at just the right point where it affects us and makes a difference. Immediately after the service, of course, everyone's invited to the lounge, to the parlor for refreshments. Are there any announcements that need to be made? before we dismiss today. Yes, Kathleen. It's a potluck. Everybody brings a salad or a dessert, and we provide the meats and the drinks and the paperware. Okay? Week of July 3rd. Sometime in the next week, you should be getting a newsletter with all of the stuff in from now until the beginning of the academic year again. So it'll have some of that information in it. All right? Any others? If not, let's stand and turn in our green hymnal to number 268, Here I Am, Lord. I, the Lord of Sky, am I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have all my people cry, all with well in dark and sin, my hand is set. I who made the stars of night, I will make their darkness bright Who will be light to them Whom shall I send Here I am, Lord Is it I, Lord I have heard you Calling in the night, I will call. 
if you lead me I will hold your people in my heart I the Lord of snow and rain I the Lord of snow and rain I have all my people pain I have wept for love of them They turn away I will break their heart and stone Give them heart for h o m Whom shall I say? Here I am, Lord. Is it our Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go. If you lead me, I will hold people in my heart. I, the Lord, of wind and frame. I, the Lord, of wind and frame. I will tend the poor and rain. I will set a feast for them. Say, wine is spread on the bar till their heart is satisfied. I will give my life to them. Whom shall I send? I am Lord Is it our Lord I have heard you calling in the night I will go If you lead me I will hold your people in my Going, making disciples of all men, baptizing them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that Jesus taught us. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, go with us until Christ comes in glory and then forever. And all God's people said, Amen.